Are you bored? Bored of casting the same old spells in your tabletop role-playing games? How about if you were able to cast a Wall of Horse, which is a 20-foot high dome of pure equine power? If that's the case, then Coffee Steak Studios has got the content for you. You can either check them out by going to their Itch.io store or becoming a Patreon of their Patreon campaign. There'll be links in the show notes. And now, man with the show, Wizard. Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name is Richard. I'll be your host for November, I guess. Or it could be Christmas. This could be like the Christmas special. I'm all over the place. I'm all sixes and sevens. I'm a bit of a mess. I'm a bit wrecked. I'm a bit ruined. I've been a bit ill. I've not been. I've been a bit under the weather. So when you're feeling a bit of a of a wreck and ruin type of man, there's only one man to get on. Because he is the expert when it comes to being wrecked and ruined. It's Mr. Mark McKinnon. Back from the wasteland. The was it what are you called now? Are you the fully funded Kickstarter entrepreneur coming to retail near you of fame? According to Bed Bez, I am Mark McKinnon of Fully Funded Wreck and Ruin Fame is my Your official title. job title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's stuck. I don't think I've ever seen, I've never seen Bez kind of introduce you as anything else. I've never actually seen Bez introduce you as anything else, as, as Mark McKinnon. It's always Mark McKinnon of blah, 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 fame. And it's not even with it's, it's not even like it's just in front of other people. That's no. what she'll call no. me when it's just us as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like on the phone, yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. I, I hear that even when I've when I've spoken to her myself, and your name comes up. It's the full. It's almost <laughs> like it's a regency type uh, type title. Um, for people who haven't listened before, um, you can do some catch it up because Mark's been on a few times. So you can go back and just search for Mark McKinnon, and you'll find uh, you find him being on the show a couple of times to talk about Wreck and Room, which was was it last year? It was funded. Now has it been that last- long? Last June, yeah. I actually funded just after UK Games Expo last year. That's amazing. I can't even talk about how, how quickly time's going. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, we got you on because it's been far too long since we had a chat in, in general because everybody's busy and everybody's always doing stuff. So it'd be kind of nice to, to kind of have you back. Wreck and Ruin is now... it's not only funded it's manufactured it's landed in people's laps people are playing it you're still um out and about kind of uh, discussing its virtues and fun um but yeah it's out there is that scary it is a little bit and the scariest thing actually was when a Somebody tagged me in a post on one of the, the Facebook groups, and I was like, "How does this guy know who I am?" And then, I, you know, that moment of realization, I was like, yeah. "Okay, I printed my game, 
Mm-hmm. My name's on the front of a thousand boxes, so yeah, kind of yeah, I deserve that one. Have you had any? I mean, what's the? Have you getting kind of like unsolicited feedback? Do you get people kind of contacting you asking you for kind of rules? you know, explanations or asking you for, you know, when you're doing expansions and stuff like that? I did a couple of FAQs on Board Game Geek. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the stuff was in the rule books, but, you know, that way it's just nice to kind of, it was nice to have people just ask questions and, you know, show a bit of interest. Um, but, yeah, I put a couple of just clarifications on there, but on the whole, people are just, yeah, they're saying what's next and, they're always asking me, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? Have you thought about doing this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I've thought of everything. Because <laughs> I've seen you lately, you're doing solo rules. Yeah, so what happened was, I I don't know if you'll remember from a while back, yeah. I talked about yeah. doing a kind of Thunder Road style, kind of two-player quick yeah. um, kind of setup. Uh, so I started going to work on that. And I thought, right, well, this would quite, this would benefit from being like a kind of solo yeah, event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I started that, I actually thought, well, actually, why don't I just write solo rules for the whole game? Like, how hard can it be? It is hard. It turns out to be very hard, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know, I was like, well, I've I've half started the work now, so it's like everything I do, I've started, so I'll finish. Oh dear! So it's like kind of like, oh, ah, oh, damn it! I'm kind of. I'm fifty-two percent of the way there. I might as well just carry on. <laughs> carry, it's like uh, I'm, I'm three. Per, I'm three. Per, I've opened up a word document. I've got to do it now. <laughs> it's like that's how committed I'm. Yeah, three percent of the way there. So let's see it through. But you like that though. I mean, you got to be self-motivated because it's not like there's there's not a, there's not a team of you, is there? I mean, you are just kind of it's you yourself and I, kind of getting on with yes. it. So you just got to say, right, okay, I'm just going to do, I'm going to do this, get out of the way. And then you must still have quite a lot of motivation to keep kind of giving back to the game. Because I know for a lot of people on Kickstarter, um, and I don't know, it's not, you know, it's not a case of not wanting to do stuff, but some people, they get to the Kickstarter and they draw a line under it and then they move on to the next project. But with Wreck and Ruin, you seem to still be talking about it, tinkering away with it, and as you say, the kind of the solo the solo rules have come out. Are they really, really that difficult? <laughs> to get so it was just you don't realise how many micro decisions that you make uh like unintentionally when you're playing a game. And it's you know, it was that physical process of writing you know, right, what what would I think of doing next? Yeah. And you know that way, so I've done them as, as flow charts and I've kind of made them as simple as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I think I've actually made them too simple now, so I'm actually working <laughs> on putting more stuff back in. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, just that way, you know, right, yeah. well, what would I do if I was sitting there? Well, here's what I would check first. Mm. Right, can I, can I do that? No, right, so what would I do next? So it basically gives the simulation of me being in, in the room, basically playing it the way I would play it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not until you actually start writing it down that you realise just how many steps there are and, and you make that decision in like well, unless you've got analysis paralysis you make that decision in seconds usually. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's quite it's quite 
strange to actually write it down and say, well, actually, there's more to this than you'd think. Did it give you a bit? Did it give you kind of renewed respect for like the solo player variants that you get, like you know that Jamie Stegmaier's done for like you know his automata that he's done for like viticulture and scythe and things like that. Yeah, it's just it's it's not so much about what a piece would do, but it's also how it interacts with the evolving game state. That's mm. That's the difficult thing. It's not just a case of right. Well, this is what you do at the start. It has to mm-hmm. has to react to what's happening round about it. And yeah, that's the kind of that, that's a strange thing. Like right, what would I do in this situation? And, and you can't write for every situation, so it's just trying to get a kind of do it with broad strokes, but still give the same essence that there's a an intelligence behind it. Yeah, because I mean, the thing with wreck and ruin is it's. The, the, there's a change of state to the game and basically you're you're trying to wipe out the other players who have different sizes and different powered kind of vehicles. Everybody's got a set of, you know, the same type of vehicles basically. But as the game state changes, you might like wipe out somebody's big rig or you might be the only person, you know, might only have a scout left. So you've got to, where you would usually make one action and just go and say crash into somebody try try and take them out or whatever, you might want to do something different if you've only got like so many vehicles left. You might want to be a kind of like a, a little bit more kind of um, cautious. Conservative. Yes. yes. Yeah. Has it um has it given you ideas for other rule variants as well? Have you kind of looked at kind of saying, well, this actually maybe we could introduce this as a slightly different scenario or kind of way to play the game every single thing that I do it always gives me more ideas <laughs> and it's just uh, yeah it's like you open a door and there's three doors and you pick <laughs> one and there's three doors behind that and it's always that's the way it always is <laughs> and uh, you're always looking for the dead end and it's never there you're like stuck in like a final um, was, it a f- was it a fighting fantasy book <laughs> You've like turned to page seventy three and it says now page turn to page fifty four or page twelve and you're like ah oh, damn it you just keep going <laughs> yeah. except the book's infinite and it's got infinite numbers of volumes and it's never ever ever gonna end. Um, with regard, you know, with the the models themselves, are you are you offering people the chance to kind of buy the models as a separate? as a separate thing then? Was that something that you can ever consider? Because I'm, I'm very conscious of, um, there's a game out there called kind of like Gaslands as well, which I've seen a lot of people yes. kind of um and ah over and kind of, ooh, this is lovely. Um, are, are people able to actually, have you thought about being able to buy the, the kind of the vehicles that you have? Because they're very cool. Let's face it. I was actually, I was, I was talking about that with somebody at Glasgow Games Festival the other day, how, uh. I was actually considering um, the models as they are just now. They're the wrong scale for Gaslands. Gaslands kind of runs off Matchbox yeah. kind of size. Yeah. yeah. But the 3D printer is up and running now. Ooh. I've, uh, I'm looking to kind of up the scale and maybe try some kind of up to Matchbox scale kind of vehicles and see if there is any interest in it because... A lot of people did buy the mini separately as part of the Kickstarter as well. Mm-hmm. That was it was for two purposes. One was because 
to kill minis and people just some people just like minis doesn't matter what they're for yeah um but the other thing was a bit of future proofing i uh the original vision of wreck and ruin was that you you basically created your own convoy um so at some point i'm going to want to get back to that where basically you can you can decide that you're going to have your three big rigs up against 40 of my scouts. You know, however, it goes ridiculous as you want with it. Uh, so that basically, yeah, you just... Some kind of point system where it's all equal, but, uh, yeah, you can create what you want with it. And, yeah, the minis will be available to do that kind of thing with it so that in the future, if anyone wants to give that a, a bash, then they can do it as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it could be like, as you say, it could be like a point system. But everything's worth a certain amount of points and then you can kind of like play the kind of the different uh, different kind of scenarios and stuff like that as well, yeah? Yeah, like when I first started designing the game, like I did draw heavily from my kind of old Warhammer roots. And mm-hmm. um, so like a point system, you know, points value uh, kind of felt natural at the time. And then as the game progressed, it's like, well... Let's keep it simple to start with. Everyone's got the same stuff. Um, but yeah, there's no reason why once you know how to play the game, why you can't mess about with it and, mm. and do that kind of thing with it. Did you ever, uh, yeah. did you ever get any joy by having them kind of like racing in a, a kind of a Mad Max style? Kind of straight down a ramp, like kind of like remember the days like Thunder Road? Yeah, so I'm still working on the, the two-player variation of that mm-hmm. um, so yeah that is once the AI rules are once I'm happy with them mm-hmm. they'll be translated to kind of fit in with that so there's just it'll be one one AI faction but it's unstoppable it's basically always coming when anything's blown up uh-huh. it's taken off the board and it's just reset again and it basically just keeps coming until the idea is you've been ambushed and you're trying to you're pegging it down the highway trying to get away from it and uh and it's the it's the big rig that triggers the movement all the time he's the one everyone's interested in uh-huh. it's him it's him that wipes the board as he goes the rolling road all right all right so uh yeah still working on that that's that's going to come out at some point as well everything's going to be print and play to start with so they'll all be free um, to begin with, yeah, and then at some point I might do a kind of an actual proper, you know, proper quality expansion one if anyone wants to have it as well. Um, but yeah, I've wait till I've got a couple of my ideas all together enough to enough to fill a box. How do you keep yourself interested? Because a lot of the designers that I speak to, they've got like a three or four different projects that they're always kind of working on and yet you seem to keep kind of going back to Wreck and Ruin. Do you do you ever take breaks and step away from it for a couple of weeks at a time so you don't kind of get burnt out or are you just quite happy to kind of keep kind of tinkering away? It was never an intentional decision uh, I, I'm working on other kind of designs mm-hmm. but, but every now and again all it takes is I go to a convention, I play it, mm-hmm. and that, and that's it. The fire's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the forge has been uh, has been restoked mm-hmm. and is now ready to to produce some fine quality 
castings. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, okay. I think that's I'm how gonna, I feel I'm about it. Gonna, I was just going to cut that out because that was <laughs> <laughs> that corny. No, cheesy. it wasn't. It was no, no. There's no. That was just pure, pure cheese. <laughs> no, but no, and also because as I say, it can be. I know it's difficult to keep going with something. And that's why you see in any kind of creative medium, you'll see people kind of, oh, we're changing the format or we're changing the style or we're doing something slightly different. And it's not necessarily because somebody needs to, you know, they need to change the style for whatever reason. Sometimes they're changing it not for the audience or they're not changing it for the people that are going to play in the game. Sometimes they're changing something for themselves in order to kind of keep themselves um, kind of interested. Well, I think it helped that the game now is still not the fully formed vision. Mm-hmm. So it was never like this is this is everything I thought of. Everything's in the box right now. I'm going to try and add something into it. It was just a case yeah. of yeah. this is all stuff that I wanted in there in the first place, and just luckily I didn't do it all because you'll know yourself. There's no more space in that box. I can't, I can't fit anything no. else in it. If I'd unlocked one more stretch goal, you know. I, I would have put myself under with the postage costs. Ah, you would have needed a bigger <laughs> box. You would needed a bigger yeah. boat as well. Yeah, yeah to get exactly. So. To get everything kind of over. Um, what about um, helicopters? Flying vehicles. Flying vehicles. Flying vehicles, Flying vehicles yeah. Mr McKinnon. Come on, we've all seen Mad Max 3. And even Mad Max Two with a guy in the helicopter kind of thing. Have you thought about bringing those little beauties out to play? Do you have plans to do that, or am I just talking rubbish? The working title is the Balloon Bomber. Oh, it's. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> My spies uh, serve me well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a kind of hot air balloon, kind of patchwork. Mm. Kind of thing floating about, yeah. Um, just kind of, you know, mildly minded its own business, kind of just floating in the breeze, and then boom, Ramp just drops a little, <laughs> <laughs> just drops something right over the side. <laughs> so yeah, there's uh there's ideas for other vehicles, uh-huh. um, other factions as well. Mm. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do was make the factions a bit more asymmetrical. So at the moment, the base game, all the stats are the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then actually to give the factions a bit more of their individual feel, I'm looking for ways to kind of change them. So just slight stat variations, maybe slight kind of small buffs that will kind of make them stand apart. So each one will actually feel you know, different to play other than how you how the models look and how you use their faction powers. Is that is that going to be difficult to maintain the balance then? Because I know of, um, again, it's like people say, oh, I kind of I kind of made that change to it, but then they get they do like another reprint of the game and they say, well, let's do some do some additional balancing because we realise certain kind of um, combinations make the thing kind of unbalanced and put it in somebody else's favour. Yeah, so it's always going to be a hard one to kind of judge, but the good thing that I've ever had, like, people say to me, oh, well, somebody's fashion 
abilities are, you know, everyone says, oh, this one's OP, mm-hmm. you know, but the thing is, everybody says it about a different one. So, to me, that's basically as close as you can get to balancing. If if they're all, if they're all saying the one card's the same, that that's the strongest one in there, then you can't dispute that, but if everyone it's obviously dependent on their playstyle, if they're coming up with a different answer, then that that shows me that I don't have that issue as yeah, such. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it'll take a lot of kind of tweaking and messing about until it feels right. But yeah, that's something that I, I want to do as well. And, uh, and that would come in nicely then for when I actually do other factions as well because just now I've got the ideas for factions. I've got I've already got their faction abilities, um, but I don't just want to bring out another set of minis uh, that look different with four set, you know, four cards that do different things. But that's the only differences between them. So I, I want to have the kind of the, the unique faction identities properly down before I do any of that kind of stuff. But yeah, they're all going to have new vehicles. The balloon bombers, one of them. He's the flying one, and also like the idea of some giant kind of mortar that you kind of set up at the back somewhere, and it kind of takes its time to kind of get set up, but then it can kind of fire long distance. Um, but if anyone attacks it, well, it's in that position, it's basically, it has to kind of derig, and so you have to think very carefully about when you set it up, where you set it up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and when you need to kind of break it back down once somebody's coming for it. Yeah, I like the um, I like the idea of kind of bringing in just a dish, and I guess this is what you can do because it's kind of like because it's such a modular game. There'd be nothing wrong with you saying, okay, as you say, bringing in like a big kind of mobile gun that basically everybody's maybe trying to stop, or even like a, a completely kind of different faction have you thought about um even slightly different kind of boards you know a more industrial type setting or even a jungle type setting where everybody's kind of driving in between the valleys and mountains and stuff like that i mean of course you have haven't you you've definitely forgot you've got that you've got absolutely the very first idea of the game was originally that you were driving about in like a kind of desolate city mm. but then I quickly realised that with the size of the board that I was working with it just wasn't really feasible to get that many streets in you know before I realised it like one street and that was it like the whole board was covered yeah. Uh, so yeah it's like right well I can't quite go down that route but no. there was two kind of expansions that I was interested in right from the start. I'd wrote out all this stuff back back when it had squares, that's how long ago we're talking about. Uh, there was there's one basically it's like a it's a tower that has been found but it's been it's like a it's a giant skyscraper, a big needle in the sky. But nobody can access it. So there's two areas in the map where you need to get your buggies, which are your healers. They basically need to come in and repair these areas so that it actually like kind of allows you to access the building, open the door mm-hmm. to get in. 
and do stuff. So, kind of always want to do something like that. Um, also like the idea of having big holes in the ground. Um, so one of them was always going to be a kind of jump the Grand Canyon <laughs> kind of thing. I want, I want ramp points. I want, you know, you fall down here, you're dead. But you make the jump and it'll be the coolest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> kind of I always, idea. I always like the idea of um, some kind of, and I've seen a game do it quite recently, Terror Below. Um which was kind of like based on like right, almost like the Tremors film, yeah. where you have actually something kind of burrowing underneath the ground that you know can have a. See, I, what I think about Wreck and Ruin is the more the more I've played it, is that here's a game that's almost like a sandbox game that you there's nothing to stop you from kind of bringing stuff to the table and making slight kind of variations to it. And kind of almost, it was almost made to kind of be slightly house ruled, depending that's on how, how you want I, to play it on the you know on the day. Yeah, that that's how I sell it. Like when I when I go to conventions uh, and you know I say, look, this is everything that's in the box. Here's the rules. Um, but once you know how to play it, you can do what you want with it. Yeah, I'm not telling you what to do, but you know this is what I've done with it. But I'm. I'm encouraging you to, to do your own thing and I'm, I want you to share it with me. And I think that's what's nice about my community, you know, that they do that. You know, somebody will say, the reason the, the AI rules came about was because every time I put up a post, um, one guy just kept saying, where's the AI rules? That way it's like, yeah. you know, here's me, I'm down at the seaside, where's my AI rules? I'm not even talking game stuff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out for dinner for with the family. Yeah, I, I was I like, I okay, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah, there's just that nice kind of. They want to see more stuff, but they want to do more stuff themselves as well. And uh, I think that helps, like you're saying, with the motivation. Mm-hmm. It's like if if people want to do that, am I really doing it myself? You know, are we, we're all just kind of hive minds all kind of working in our own place but kind of coming up with cool things with what I've done which is it's quite a cool feeling I mean going forward with you I mean are you tempted to stay with this size of game I mean I know it's like um, it's dream big games but have you thought about putting out something kind of like smaller something lighter for the next game because um, I don't know if many people are aware but like you went to Kickstarter kind of was it three three times third times the charm yeah yeah to get kind of Wreck and Ruin kind of funded and I know that there's a lot of people that kind of give up <laughs> after the first attempt they go right now nah, I'm not going to bother I'm not going to well, go bother kind of coming back I know that uh, you know um I know it was who's a. I know that somebody I was listening to. They were saying that there was only sixty five percent of folk bother kind of kind of coming back. Um, yeah, well, I was actually mentioning one of Jamie Stegmeyer's blogs because he had a discussion with one guy that he was kind of um, coaching, and the guy had failed. He's he's like a, a campaign. And, uh, and Jamie was basically trying to say at what point 
do you decide that the idea, you know, that the idea just shouldn't be out there? Mm-hmm. Um, so he asked the guy to do a deep dive into Kickstarter, and they came across my project as one of only, I believe, five that I've ever successfully funded after two failed attempts. Um, whether that's because people give up, I don't know if there's anyone that's done it on the fourth or like or if three's the limit. Um, but yeah, one of five, which is considering the amount of projects that go through, I think that was uh, it was quite a it was quite a surprise to me when that, that, that came yeah, up. I think um, there's a lot of guys that's kind of there's a lot of guys that fund on the second attempt, and although there's a lot of guys that kind of like they fail on the first attempt and then they're almost back at it within about three or four weeks to say, right, this time we're going to do it. And they they kind of lower the funding goal when they lower the manufacturing cost, they say, and then they bring everybody back in. And then with such a low goal, they seem to get funded. You know, they get funded relatively quite quickly and then you're going. And I always wonder with these guys is <clears throat> how much they haven't to reach into their own back pocket to make sure that the, that the project kind of goes ahead and kind of gets kind of gets kind of funded um with what you do you keep an eye on kickstarter just now do you kind of are you still kind of very much a backer do you do you keep an eye on how things are going with i uh people i tried to stay out yeah Uh, Yeah. it didn't work (laughs) uh so so craig he's the he's my friend that comes and does basically most of the shows with me yeah um, so he's one of the few people that follows me on on Kickstarter, so he yeah. gets a notification whenever I back anything. Uh, so I usually get a text message saying, you'll say, ah, yeah, uh, fans come around playing games Saturday. Oh, by the way, stop backing more games. <laughs> like one of them. So there was a project that um, it was one of these ones where the guy was a bit sadly deluded, and uh, yeah, he wanted two hundred thousand pound to make this game, and if he got two thousand and five, mm. he'd make it into a movie. One of those kind of yeah, yeah people. Yeah. Um, so I'd went on and I backed him at a pound, just just so I could comment, just so I could say, look, I believe that you believe in this idea, but unfortunately, it's just. It's not going to work for you just now. The people that are now backing you are just doing it kind of to make fun of you more than anything else. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't. I don't like that. I don't like that. And I, and I said, you know, you know, go back, regroup yourself. I'm not saying you don't have a good idea. I'm just saying that you know you need to rethink this and don't engage. You know, don't don't rise to these things because that was just making it worse. You know what I mean? I said, you need to, you know, cancel this down, regroup, because let's be honest, you're not going to do it this time. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. work on it. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? So I, I do back projects like that. You know, I'll go on to, for some reason, I seem to think that people want my advice, <laughs> which is uh, it's not always the case. But you know what I mean? If I see something that I think oh, I that, I can, that. I I that that I can help with, I'll still... I'll still put my nib in anyway. So I do that as well. You know, I get I get the kind of the I do get a couple of kind of nicely worded emails, kind of like you know, 
you know, dear Richard, I don't think the six-player expansion where it's all about you destroying wizards from a large height is ever going to take on all the best uh, yours, uh, Jamie Stegmaier. Um, so <laughs> I don't think, no, no, but um, no, I do the same. I kind of book it, I kind of back a lot of the the no, um, the no reward level if I'm going to be doing anything and sometimes I'll sometimes I'll stay till the end and sometimes I kind of I'll jump out um, it's too I like to keep an eye on what, what's happening with campaigns and kind of what's the latest thing and who's doing who's kind of doing updates and who's not doing updates and what they're doing in terms of the market and then check against kind of like Board Game Geek and see how if certain people are putting up kind of like advertising and stuff like that as well because it seems to have changed into a huge kind of um, side industry. industry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But occasionally I'll get like a DM from somebody, was one of the guys at Polyhedron Collider saying, you know, oh, you've just been paid today because you've like, I've had about 15 notifications. It's like, <laughs> no, it's like, no, no, I'm not actually going ahead and, and kind of backing all these games. I am just simply, I'm interested to see how people kind of communicate. And it's also interesting to see from the campaigns, the ones that I've got, I've taken off and they've got like lots of lovely little kind of community comments and stuff like that. Yeah. And ones where the guys seem to have a really, really good product, but it seems to be stalling for kind of, kind of some reason. Um, I do tend to check it most days because mm-hmm. I do the same. I like to look at something and you think that should be funded. Why hasn't it? Or yeah. that looks a pile of rubbish why is it doing so well and and it's just it's just interesting to kind of find that but usually along the way I do happen to accidentally hit pledge a couple of times mm. and uh, yeah so it's the nature of the beast unfortunately isn't it where uh, we've been I've bitten been, I've been quite I must admit I've been quite I've been quite good in terms of kind of going all in on anything at all I've not really kind of um backed quite a lot and I think it's because um, I've got first of all I've got enough to play um, secondly we're you know we do get kind of it's one of these strange things when you're getting kind of games sent to you to do kind of like previews or quick write-ups or even reviews of certain games it it's nice to kind of be playing games that are available just now instead of playing games that are not going to be available for another year and a half yeah. and it's games that I'm finding I'm kind of I'm really interested in kind of getting my hands on um, just now aren't necessarily going to be the same games I'm going to be interested in getting my hands on when they arrive in kind of like 12 months time kind of thing Yeah, I find that I've got my ears so close to the ground with Kickstarter that yeah you miss just normal releases yeah and, you know, so you'll, you'll go to games night and they'll say, well, what's that you're playing? And they're like, oh, it's such and such. Mm-hmm. Or is it, you know, is that an old game? No, it's just new. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, don't remember seeing a Kickstarter. Uh, that's because it wasn't. <laughs> exactly, exactly like that. It's because ah. people go, ah, retail and development happens outside. Oh, does it? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, where's, okay, where's this retail thing happen? Online, everywhere. Except on Kickstarter. Oh, okay. I'll need to check that. I'll need to check that out. But uh, some of my... Is this a new business strange... model or...? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, so I go into or go online and give somebody money and I get it... How? Straight away? Six months? Three days. 
real three days. How how do they manage to get that? They must have lied on their campaign. I just I don't know. I mean, is it just a pre-order kind of thing? But then some of the better experiences that I've had this year haven't come from kind of Kickstarter. You know, I'm absolutely um, thoroughly enjoying kind of like uh, uh, thoroughly enjoying kind of like Wildlands at the moment. Um, that not a Kickstarter, you know. Little Time yeah. was another game that me and me and my boy are kind of currently loving. Um, not you know, not a Kickstarter. But I guess it's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like it's really strange because a lot of the games that I haven't, I must admit, I haven't jumped in and played straight away are the the Kickstarter ones. I think it's maybe because the process of going in and supporting somebody on the Kickstarter is almost completely detached from the process of actually playing the game. Do you know it what is, I mean? Yeah, it's, a, it's a different, it's a different experience. It's, it's the, it's, it's the excitement of the campaign, isn't it? That yeah, that's what keeps you going. It's, it doesn't, in some sense, sometimes it doesn't even matter what the product is. It's just that you want that feeling that you're, that you, yeah, that you're somehow kind of influenced what you're going to get, and that you're part of something bigger. Yeah, and the, the rather, getting the game at the end a, of it, getting the game at the end of it, isn't the. I'm kind of interested in helping somebody's dream. Kind of come true. Yeah. And then when I, I get guess. it, it's kind of it's it's not a direct reward. I guess it's kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, the the reward is that you made it happen, not yeah. that you got yeah. the the product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is yeah, which is a kind of it was an unintentional side effect of Kickstarter that I don't think you kind of realised that that was that was what you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. The kind of the kind of karmic part on the back rather than. An actual physical thing. Yeah, especially if there's kind of like the big sense of community and stuff like that there, which is kind of pretty, which is kind of cool. Um, in terms of the community side of things, you're still doing, you're still doing the shows. Oh, you're yeah. going about with your little kind of your your goggles and your your arm <laughs> your armband. Uh, it's a, I've I've been told that I don't get recognised without them now, so it's a. <gasps> So yeah, it's I've not got any choice now. Uh, you become like your own mean, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The people have spoken. Does that mean if you went to Tesco's in your kind of your arm, armlet? I don't know what it's a sleeve, your steampunk sleeve and your glasses. That somebody would recognise you in Tesco's as the wreck and ruin guy. Or if you I've walked actually, up the high street, you know, somebody bumped in and you went, you're the wrecking room guy. <laughs> but then walk past me un- unaware if I didn't have the goggles on. That's what I'm thinking. You know. I have had people recognise the t-shirt when I've went out to the shops. Yeah. yeah. Nobody speaks to me, but you know what I mean? You just, you have that kind of, oh, well, you know, there's that thing. Yeah. yeah, it's the whole thing is like, would you, would you go up? And speak to somebody like you know, like yourself. I mean, would you not feel a bit kind of? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to bug him. I mean, he's obviously in Tesco's. He's getting his shopping. I mean, I don't want to annoy the boy. I don't want to be going up and kind of saying, "Oh, you're Mark from fully funded Wreck and Ruin fame, aren't you?" <laughs> and you're just like going, "Oh, not again." 
okay, here's the box, give me the box, I'll sign it for you, kind of thing. Yeah, it's strange because it makes you this kind of almost like a main, like a Z list kind of celebrity, uh, kind of that that person that showed up on Love Island and then somehow ended up on I'm a celebrity, get me out of there as now a celebrity. As a celebrity, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you're, like you're... it's like Ryland's entire life story at the moment. I mean, <laughs> started off started off crying on a couch. He's now, I mean. <laughs> He's now like just presented a twenty four hour karaoke sing along for children in need, um, yeah. and you're just like going, how how did you, how, yeah how, how did that happen how did that <laughs> how, how did that happen But then again, when you see he's obviously he's doing everything that he can because he's bloody self aware that he's kind of like well this could potentially dry up at any time I could be I could be tomorrow's kind of chip paper so he's getting in, getting in as many gigs as he can and you see like a picture of his house and his house is massive <laughs> his house is huge he's like he's done quite well for somebody who like you know um, was a bit of a mockery on TV so, they, so there yeah. you kind of go so um, I don't know how we got into equating you with Rylan um, but I'm quite, quite I don't have to... a mouth like that that's for sure I don't have a mouth as <laughs> or I definitely don't have his hair I wouldn't mind his hair but I don't it's not his it's not his he says it's not his well it's not his real hair it's dyed kind of jet black but I mean any the hair is not the issue yeah any, yeah exactly it's the density on top it's a fight it's a fine yeah. mane and you and me would both love um, to enjoy such a such a menagerie of hair such, such finery such <laughs> such shrubbery. Um are you but you are still going out and about, you're going to the the Glasgow Games Festival, you were out there quite recently. How did you get on with that? I mean are you still you must still you mentioned like you're still enjoying kinda of getting out there and demoing the game and it's giving you kinda of like energy and stuff like that. So is it nice to be out in amongst your adoring public again? Is that why you it's, do it? <laughs> for the ego boost I was just I wasn't going to say that I bet I'm glad you built it up you know because you know you're not a shy man or retiring man you know I had to go through your secretary to even be able to speak to you to get an appointment um, for tonight for tonight's show, tonight's show. <laughs> yeah I, I enjoy going to them because I just at the heart of it it's all about community and playing games if I wasn't playing more and if I wasn't making more I'd be going to them to play other games anyway, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, I think I'd feel weird going to a convention, but not not doing my thing. It's, uh, yeah, just, it's also nice to support kind of local ones as well, because Glasgow Games Festival, that was, that was on Saturday there, right? Yeah. So, um, that was the very first convention that I, I attended um, as, as an exhibitor. And and by exhibitor I mean that was with my my handmade models. Yeah. Which oh, uh yeah. Them. You still got them? I still got them. I still have them, yeah. They were I was originally thinking of making some ridiculous pledge for my <laughs> campaign and then I thought probably nobody'd want to buy them, so <laughs> <laughs> You never know. Even if like you'd funded the first time round, you'd be like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that. so I I still got them. Um, but yeah, that was the very first convention that I attended. So like anything local, mm-hmm. I'm always going to go to those because uh, those guys supported me, and uh, it's nice just to 
be able to support back as well. And uh, it's just, it's all fun. It's, it's nice getting out there, like the Battleboar guy, uh, Battleboar were there as well. So um, it was nice to nice to see him again. Um, when we were at Tabletop Scotland and we did that, the Kickstarter panel, he was quite interested in what yeah, we had to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Um, he came to speak to me after we did that as well. And uh, just for some more kind of, you know, more advice, more information, which was quite nice um, that my failures for helping other people succeed. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. It's, uh, Arca- Arcane Blaster it's Casters. Nice to- yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're on Kickstarter just now, actually. So they, they just launched today. Um, so, yeah, I came across their post today. So on my lunch break and work. I accidentally hit the pledge button and then accidentally tweeted that I'd hit the pledge button and accidentally shared that everywhere, you know, as you accidentally do. So it's nice just to be able to support the kind of, the, the people that listen to you, but also show that it's, it's two-way as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you're, you're, you're never, I mean, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination um, anywhere close to being big in the industry but yeah. Uh, yeah. it's nice still to to feel valued and also to give back as well so yeah I'll, uh, I'll back small projects that have, you know people that I'll meet at these kind of conventions as well you're like, uh, an old, you're like an old you're like the old man let me tell you what he used to do in my day <laughs> kind of thing you kind of like, oh, look, who's that? Oh, that's Mark of fully funded Wreck and Ruin fame. But he wasn't always Mark of fully funded Wreck and Ruin fame. He used to just be Mark of Wreck and Ruin fame. And before that, he wasn't even funded. Let me yeah. tell you his story, kind of thing. But um, yeah, I've, um, I've spoken quite a bit to the um, uh, to the Battleboard guys. Um, keep on uh, spelling their company name as Battleboard guys. You know, so I think uh, while they've got a, a, f- a jolly fun game, and I'm going to say we did write a, we wrote a kind of a quick kind of first thoughts on arcane uh, blister casters. I kept, <laughs> I just, I just, you know, because it's a wizard game doing spells, I was like, there's no way yeah. I'm kind of treating this with the respect that it kind of deserves. So I basically called, I gave it every single name under the sun except for the actual <laughs> proper name of the game when I was writing the preview. So there you go. But um, in fairness, it is a. It's a. Have you played it? No, it's it's one of those things I never get to play any other games. Like uh, my girlfriend Suzanne, she'll say, "Oh, you're going to a convention. You're going to play games all day." Mm. And I'm like, "Yeah, but it's the same game every day. <laughs> I've played it thousands of times. I don't get to see anything else. I don't like uh, Craig. <laughs> you." He'll shout at me because I just I don't leave my stand. Yeah. He'll say, "For the love of God, go away, get something to eat, I see know. what else is here," and I'm like, "No, like I'm going to, you know, it's like that whole kind of captain thing. I'm going down with my ship, kind of thing. I'm not going to leave the, <laughs> the hell." But it's a fun game, though. I mean, I played it. I mean, I hated myself every minute that I played the whole thing, because I was like, "I've got to cast a spell," so I had to put the. 
kind of the latex gloves on and kind of, <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to be, you know, sick of my mouth and stuff like that while I was playing. But it is very much kind of it is what it is. It was a fun, it was a fun game that encouraged kind of people kind of interacting, and it was kind of like the take that game where. You know how the problem with too many take that games is once somebody has learned advantage. how to get an advantage in a take that game, there's no point in playing them ever again because every single time you play that person, you're never ever going to be able to beat them. It's like playing yeah. somebody with an absolutely amazing magic deck. And it's just like, well, there's no point in playing them because yeah, it's not no fun. fun it's not fun. You know, whereas what we found with Arcane Blaster Casters was... Um, Everybody was always starting off at the same place because it's the randomness of the spells. It's you're kind of making the best with the hand that you've been dealt, and yeah. sometimes you're not even allowed to see the hand that you've been dealt as well. So it's an awful case of kind of making stuff up on the spot. So there was a kind of a fun yeah. take that element without any kind of player elimination. So it yeah. was, it was kind of. It was, it was fun. Do you know what it was? It was very self-aware of what it was and it wasn't trying to be anything more than what it was. Yeah. It didn't come in with a big, huge illusion of grandeur. It was like, here's a game, you can play it. Everybody can learn how to play it in kind of like five, ten minutes and there you go. Kind yeah, of, so it was kind fun. Of, no, it was fun. It was kind of fun. No, it was good. I hated yeah. it. Every single man. <laughs> don't, don't give them money. Give them money to go away. I think I said... <laughs> I said in the preview, that's what I said. Give them money, <laughs> give them money so they disappear. Because I don't want them continually being on Kickstarter trying to get funded. Get them funded <laughs> and get them off the yeah. platform. We didn't get them out of my sight. We didn't want any more magic on it. Basically, <laughs> get them out of here. Um, but when you see, I mean, do you, you naturally? Because you, you strike me as quite kind of supportive. So you always are you quite happy to reach out to people and kind of give them help and give them kind of advice and stuff like that yourself? I've, then I've put a lot of comments on like um, any kind of posts that I come across on Facebook that I feel like I have a kind of valid input on. Um, some people disagree the validity, but <laughs> um, but yeah, the strangest thing was random people actually just private messaging me asking mm. for advice um, considering that it was a little bit of imposter syndrome I suppose where I was like am I really the best person you know really you sure there's not anybody else that you can speak to about this kind of stuff but no anyone asked me anything I'm quite happy to to help them and that's a th I think that's why I enjoyed that panel so much because uh, it was nice just to kind of to be able to say some of the stuff and you know I'd be like yeah the, the fear with everybody is oh what, what if I don't fund you know what I mean I just I wanted to show that you know not funding first of all doesn't mean you're a failure by any means no, um, no. but also it doesn't show it's not linked to the actual quality of your product as well you know what I mean like people think it's not funded so therefore it must be a rubbish game. And you're like, it's not that at all. No, I think that's so, so, so important. And I think one of the things that, um, it's one of the strange things is that a funded Kickstarter game, as you say, doesn't necessarily mean that the game's a good game. 
But it sounds pretty no. harsh because people will be listening and go, but my game got funded. Are you saying my game's rubbish? It's like, I'm not saying it's rubbish. What I'm basically saying is there's games, there's campaigns which are extremely good at creating an awful lot of noise yeah. to give people that fear of missing out, to give people that I would like to jump in and back it. And, uh, and I think something that goes ahead and does, you know... Um, a couple of hundred thousand. Yes, it's done a couple of hundred thousand because they knew how to get it up to a couple of hundred thousand. Um, yeah. And, and you know, there's there some people are very, very good at kind of creating the noise and getting the noise and, and, and stuff like that, you know. And that's not me saying Kickstarters are bad games. I think that there's, there's games out there that have dropped in people's letterboxes that are probably get played only a couple of times because... The hype for it's died, yeah, <laughs> and the desire for the game, as we said, has probably died as well. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you face that problem all the time. Like here, I am, three years later, um, still waiting on the cusp of receiving my uh, Dark Souls, uh, the last of my oh, my goodness, my, my backer rewards, <sighs> um, despite having punted the game two years ago. Uh, you know, that way. and it's just it's one of those things that yeah like you need to you need to hit that like if you decide that you want to kickstart like that part of the reason why I still do everything that I still do the conventions is that the kickstarters the start it's not the end and that's where a lot of people get mixed up Mm. You think that once they've done their Kickstarter, that's it done? No, no that should no. be the start of your journey. That's yeah. at that yeah. point. That's when you're looking to get into retail. You're looking to get into distribution. You're uh, you're wanting these people to know who you are. And the reason why I still do exactly all the same stuff I do more, even, is that it was I says one of Dave Salisbury's posts. Uh, guy that runs Fanboy 3 um, he basically said that he backs a lot of Kickstarters and then what happens is yeah, once the game's once the campaign's over like there's no more noise made and, you know there's not even noise made when the when the game actually like hits shops he says so basically I get a product in that there's, there's no noise around it and it, that's one thing so you need to keep the noise going and you need to People still need to be excited for it, so you can't can't wait three years for something, um, and still expect them to be excited about receiving it. Because by that point, there's there's so many different things that have came up in between. Oh, yeah. Them. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the thing with Dark Souls was it was a kind of a it was a unique it was a unique situation um, that it was playing on the back of a huge IP that brought in literally thousands of people that had never backed a Kickstarter in their life. Yeah, um, probably never played a board game. Just Yeah, and it literally brought in people who kind of played the base game and went, this is not the video game that I was expecting. And I think there was a, there was a huge disassociation between the digital and the analogue version that was offered on the table. Um, and I think the continued kind of delays and the unfortunate delays and 
the time scales and the fact that there was other games that they were getting kind of kickstarted at the same time, I think it it kind of ended up a, a kind of a mishmash of different situations. And I must admit, um, I kind of uh, all I've seen on the second-hand games <laughs> kind of groups at the moment is basically cut open boxes full of Dark Souls kind of expansions, and people are just pick. You know, they're trying to get rid of them as quickly as possible before the the kind of the price drops through the the price drops through the floor, which is kind of unfortunate. But that's it. Just goes to show that even a, a game that that necessarily does kind of millions. I mean, unless you keep, as you said, unless you keep the excitement level up, unless you keep the noise up, unless you keep the communication up, it can be very, very difficult to have people. The people there's a group of people I think that kind of slip quite easily into backers' regret that they kind of go oh I've just spent sixty five pound on this. And then six months down the line, they're kind of like, ah, oh, I could have used that for something else, <laughs> like my gas bill. <laughs> you know? Yeah, as and I'm I sitting here in the cold and exactly. the dark because my electricity's off, waiting for the letterbox to open. Exactly. Yeah, I, I exactly. need to reevaluate my priorities here. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so, what's next for you then? I mean, are you going to continue on the kind of the circuit? I mean, are we going to see you at. Um, are we? Are you going to continue to see you at places like? Are you going to go to Aircon? Are you going to UK Games Expo? Are you? Are you starting to kind of trim back, like kind of those type of visits? I'm uh, I'm trimming in some places. I'm mm. adding in others. So right. I'm uh, I'm not going to Aircon. Um, I just felt like I was doing too many conventions. Yeah. Um, I had to kind of trim back in that sense. Um, all my holiday allowance was basically getting used up, going away for weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, so yeah, but I've I booked my stand for UKGE again. Um, so got the nice big stand again I had this year. Uh-huh. Um, just moved back in it, moving back in hall one. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, doing that. Working on a couple of different designs. Every design, like I said, with the doors, every design I come up with, I start <laughs> writing about it, and then you start thinking you about something else. Because yeah. you yeah. never, you never know when the inspiration is going to strike you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I actually had a card game written out, which I, I'd already done, Wreck and Ruin. I'd already written it all, and I was kind of developing that, um, getting ready for Kickstarter. But I just sat down one day and literally wrote a card game in like 20 minutes and just wrote out a pile of cards but then I showed it to my brother and uh, he's like stop wreck and ruin and do this first Uh, Mm -hmm. so I've not touched that since back when I was on the campaign trail Um, but yeah I need to get back to that so there is going to be small stuff but I do dream big, so there is going to be big stuff Ooh, as well. There's a tagline. And I, I'm not going to lie, like, I, I love making all the games, but the big ones are the ones that make me excited. Yeah. 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 I think I'm so looking is. at kind of, I won't go as far as saying legacy, um, but I like games that give you that computer game experience where 
yeah, you can play a campaign, you can run through it, um, and you can do different things every time, but there's no need to destroy cards to do that. There's there's ways and means. So I have ideas. Um, the big thing that I'm working on just now is a kind of monster hunter style game, and that's the one that that's the one that I'm really excited about. But I know that it's going to take me years before it's ready, just with the amount of stuff that I want to have in it. Uh, so yeah, so the other ones need to, the small ones are basically to keep me going yeah. until yeah. then. Keep you out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, idea is for, have you ever played Monster Hunter on the Yes. Yes, right. I've got on the I've got on the Wii U actually, which is a strange strange place to have a game, but I have yeah. I've yeah. I'm aware was, of it. I've played it. It was also very strange because that was the only console they released that one on. Was that was it Freedom? I know. Yeah, I've got it. What one is or it? Or Unite was it? Um it's sitting on my where are you? Where are you? I can see you. I can't see you. Where are you? No, I can't see you. No, I'll find it. It's somewhere. Yeah, I've definitely got it. Of yeah, well, I think it's ultimate. Maybe I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. Um, so, I, my favorite game is and always is going to be likely Kingdom Death. But as much as I love it, it's not without its flaws. And mm-hmm. um, so, I took ideas that things that I like from it, and I've taken things that I don't like. I've removed them. And um, kind of came up with my my own kind of idea of what would happen if four guys with big weapons went up to fight some crazy ass monster. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the premise of the game. I won that game yesterday, basically. Which is, you know, but just how you know. I think yeah, there's, but a, there's definitely a need for something like that. Already the. The development of it has already changed so much from the initial design. Um, initial idea was dice. Um, I've went away from dice, believe it or not. Um, so what I've done with this one is it's a deck builder slash management game on a campaign setting with minis. Um, when I, I placed it a couple of weeks ago, and one of the guys said to me, he says, um, how much have you played of Gloomhaven? And I said, uh, I said, I've not played it at all. He said, this is pretty much Gloomhaven with a big monster. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, no. I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be compared to something, then That's something like that I want to be compared yeah. to, yeah. So the idea is that you have a deck of cards which are your double up is your actions for the mm. for your hunter but also your stamina so you draw cards but when you have no cards left to draw you you're exhausted and you have to basically spend a turn doing nothing to get them all back but you can rest at any point to get them back it's, it involves taking a turn at some point but if you're not doing anything yeah. So you have to kind of balance, but you know when is it safe for you to do that? Um, but your deck of cards, each card has an offensive and a defensive capability. So the offensive, you use it in your turn, 
to do whatever actions that you want, uh, whatever the card allows. But they also have a defensive ability which you can keep in your hands for when the monster fights back. So it's, it's up to you. You can spend, you, you have a hand limit of five. Yeah. You can spend yeah. all five cards doing one massive attack. And yeah, you can do a lot of damage to it, but then it hits back and you've got no defense. Or you can play it safe and you can just kind of slowly chip away at it and kind of just do small attacks, but you're still defending yourself. And uh, it's it'll be interesting to see the different playstyles that come out with it because you can buy your own cards to put into your deck. And so you can... There'd basically be no classes as such. I'm going to have four kind of archetypes, but you can you can turn them into whatever you want. I like you that. Could I like ha- that. You no. could have like the, your, your tanky healer or, you know, or you can have... Somebody running about with a, a bow and a giant axe on their back, <laughs> whatever you want to do with it. Uh, yeah, so it's um, it's all again. I think working on that kind of helped me get back into Wreck and Ruin because this game, the monsters are AI driven, so nobody controls them. They just they just have set instructions that you follow each time you draw a card and that tells you what it's going to do who it's going to target and uh, and then the more it gets wounded the more it gets angry uh, until it's doing like really nasty stuff and so it's a toss up between do you you can keep the fight going you know you can you can do your small attacks but you run the risk the longer that fight goes the more dangerous it gets or you can come in and you're know, just all guns blazing and just try and take it out as quickly as you can. So uh, it's getting the right feel for each monster um, and also getting it feel that each each player also has a role to play and, you know, how they all work together to, to beat it. It's, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that and it's, it's upping my design game so I've went up about ten levels. I'm now I'm now level eleven. I just want it. I just you know, that's very Spinal Tap. <laughs> that's very you know that's quite dramatic. But um, my design my design uh, ramp goes up to like a million, so I've got a bit to go. Yet, you got but... a bit to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, if people want to keep an eye on your um, your design ramp. <laughs> <laughs> let's um, crank this up to 11 let's, let's, <laughs> that's beautiful what's it called that's beautiful. lick my love pump um, <laughs> um, if people want to keep an eye on where, where you exist on the internet webs where do you exist on the internet webs Mark I'm in all the wreck and ruin webs so you look for me wreck and ruin pretty much anywhere and I'm there uh Instagram, I'm at Wreck and Ruin. Um, Twitter, I'm Wreck underscore and underscore Ruin. Uh, Facebook, I'm at Wreck and Ruin Game. Yes. Um, yes. And I also have a website which is called www.wreckandruingame.co.uk. So, yeah, you can speak to me on any of these things, uh, whether it's to show appreciation of the game, whether you want to 
chat about your own designs. I'm quite happy to talk about anything. Anything cool. to do with games. I love it. Awesome. I'll make sure that we put all of the links in the show notes so that we've got notes to show. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, go to the internet web, search for We're Not Wizards, you'll find us. Um, I don't know, go to YouTube. YouTube's always a good thing to do. It's youtube.com forward slash C forward slash We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast. And you'll find us there because we're doing kind of videos here, there and everywhere. Are we sideways glance? A wee sideways glances, we like to call them, you know, so there you go. Um, and you can find us on all the podcast catchers of choice, the ones I've got a pod in them, the ones I've got casting them, the lazy B-men's that I've got neither in them. I'm looking at you, Stitcher. Um, if you like what you've listened to, there's two things you can do. The first thing is tell somebody else about us. That's fantastic if you do Not that. Not just one person, tell everybody. Just, you know, just go around and make it a thing. There's an election going on. Turn up at people's doors and tell us about it. Say, are you voting for the We Are Not Wizards part? And they'll go, who's that? And it's like, well, there's no wizards. And they'll go, ooh, I'm going to vote for that then. Um, and it's my way to get ultimate power. And uh, or the other thing is you can go to Apple Podcasts and drop us a rating, a review, or even a subscription if you are going to be giving us a rating, a review. Do not give us five, uh, do not give us ten stars. Because it makes us big-headed. But don't give us one star, because it makes us cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average, and we're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average is the rather wonderful, the rather fantastic, the fully funded. Fully levelled up. Legend. That is Mark McKinnon. Thank you, thank you very, very much for coming back on, Mark. It's always thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. It's always good always fun. It's always good yeah. fun. Um, <clears throat> there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards, are we? Wizards, Mark. We are crazy guys that do lots of crazy gaming stuff, but no, we are not wizards. Absolutely not. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So say goodbye for Mark. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful, and until the next time, goodbye. A wizard is never linked. Is he early? He arrives precisely when he means to.